Okay, so before we start the podcast, I just want to let you know that, hey, don't touch that, is brought to you, as always, by our friends at the Greenhouse Food and uh, Health Eatery. Actually, I don't think they're a health eatery, but they create some of the best sandwiches. Not sandwiches, fuck. Um, I might as well be high, but I'm probably half drunk. Anyways, they do some of the best uh, salads, paellas, uh, meal plans, and right now you can get uh, 10 meals at egh.ca for 100 bucks so that's a meal plan you're gonna need food uh they've saved my ass and my family's ass on many a nights um trying to figure out what to eat so go get them i have a personal story though they also in addition to their meal plans they also sell their dressings and sauces for the longest day like uh, the last couple weeks actually it's just like i didn't like eating salad and as a result, I was having issues on the uh, on the washroom. Anyway, uh, my buddy uh, Juan hooked me up with some of that infamous, f- delicious, the best salad dressing you've ever had. Their famous trademark, cocoa lime. And I started eating vegetables again. That's right. I started eating vegetables again. And today, man, I was regular, baby. It was great. So yeah, E-G-H-S-C-H, uh, let them know, let them know we sent you, and you might get a discount. I don't know what that discount is going to be, but you let them know. Uh, you can, they're on all delivery apps, but they also have their own website. So order off there, so they keep all their money, and they don't have to pay Skip the Dishes. They don't have to pay Uber Eats, they can just pay themselves. Alright, www.egh.ca. Hey, don't touch that. I'm your host, Brian. Jordan is always with my host, uh, co-host, Jordan. Jordan, how you doing? We talked about how it's super busy leading up to Christmas and I can't handle it. Yeah, I I was, you know what? I uh, actually, you know, before we ramble on, let's, we have a, we have a guest in the house today. Do you uh, care to do an introduction, Jordan? Yes, I will. Okay. This man is a former work a former workhorse of our aforementioned sponsor, the Greenhouse. He has now since moved to Kelowna to, I don't know, we'll say co-run or basically run the Bunny Hugs food truck. Um, we'll get him to talk about that in a little bit. Um, maybe not so well-known knowledge. He's a black belt in judo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Real one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he is quite the little bartender. We are joined by Denis Phaneuf. Hey, Denis, can I just add one more thing? Back in the day, like it seems like every Halloween, Denis was always in his underwear. Yes, like he is right now. <laughs> Precisely. I put a shirt Sorry. on for you guys. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you guys? Dude, like we were saying, Christmas, like 
I mean, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. And it's just like, there's so much crap we have to do. Like, honestly, I don't do that much. I didn't have to buy gifts. Yeah, me neither. I didn't really have to <laughs> do anything. Um, I just have to hold up my end of the bargain, which is Christmas on Christmas Day, cook the stuffing, which I'm good at. So so they've, they've told me. And wrap gifts every once in a while and clean up. And today, while cleaning up, I ended up breaking a light bulb. And uh, yeah, it just added some stress. How do you break this. a light bulb while cleaning it up? It drops to the floor. Oh. Yeah, it was a little light bulb. And I put it up with the other light bulbs. And it rolled off. And it hit hit our tile floor. Interesting. Is it a light bulb for your Christmas tree? No, no, no. It's uh, for my kid. No, for my wife's salt lamp. Salt, a Himalayan salt lamp. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Interesting. Well, before we get started, I, I hate my computers. Uh, let's go right into our beer review let's and or this. drink review. I'll preface by saying I didn't really give our guest much time to prepare for this. So, we, but he did we, come through with something. I'm gonna just say this: we gave Denis like the least amount of preparation. Normally, yes, we, did. we like prepare our guests throughout the week and we'll throw out ideas on our chat this week is just like i i've just been so busy with uh, work i'm sure jordan's been so busy with work and trying to do christmas we just literally started the chat today we we're supposed to record yesterday and then he just showed up today so we don't know what we're gonna do in this uh this may be the best podcast this also could be one of our worst <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show up now. Let's get Denny. Let you start. Tell us what you got for your drink. All right. Well, I'm going to review this wonderful uh, beer. It's called, I guess the people can't see this. I'm showing you guys. Yes. But it's uh, yes, it's called Caribou. It's, it's from British Columbia. And uh, it's the perfect utility beer, as I like to call it. I mean, it's not fancy in flavor, but it gets the job done. It's really good for cooking, which is why I have so many of these around. Like it's good for cooking with or drinking while cooking? Uh, yeah, both. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, if you're anything like me, a little bit in the food, a little bit in my belly. <clears throat> so, Denis, can I just, we're going to just, we'll come back to this because uh, caribou, I know, is very near and dear to some of some of your uh, co-workers' hearts. <laughs> Your team's hard, so we could talk about it later and later uh, later in the podcast. But uh, we'll get more into it. But I, I know that it is very near and dear to uh, a certain person's heart, and it's the reason why you guys have your uh, weekly promotion. Anyway, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> okay, uh, Jordan, you want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. So I picked up a bunch of beer, mm-hmm. uh, singles too. Oh shit. Uh, I know I was quite proud of myself. I picked up a lot. <laughs> so here's the first one out of the pack. It's a pink and lavender sour. Oh. It is from brewed by the last best brewing out of Calgary. And it oh. says one dollar from every four packs sold will be donated to the to Pink Pink Flamingo. What's Pink Flamingo? No clue. <laughs> oh wait, it's an organization that uplifts community with equity and opportunity. Which makes our city a better place. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, so I was also going to go for a sour today. And we actually had the perfect 
weeknight beer for me because it was a 3.8%. However, I don't have to work tomorrow. And I'm like, it's oh been a long week at work. <laughs> and I actually have to go back into work for uh, during our break. So <laughs> tonight, this calls for the Steamworks Black Angel IPA. It's a 7% beer. And yeah, it's probably pours dark. Ooh. This, I've never, I think I've probably drank it from one of our podcasts. I don't even remember. We've had a lot of beers, but this is what I'm drinking tonight. Hopefully, I'll like it. Very nice. Well, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Oh, damn it. Well, first off, uh, I guess I failed to mention that Denis is a trained chef. Denis, what? Red uh, Seal chef. Red Seal chef. Red Seal means interprovincial. So it does transfer <laughs> over to BC. Um, why don't we start? How did you get into cooking? Cooking. How did to, I put, to put it bluntly and then can you lead to how you got into working with the greenhouse because um, they are a title sponsor our only title they, sponsor they are a title sponsor um, we haven't got any of our greenhouse next. swag we haven't got any greenhouse merch yet as part of our deal <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm washing my hands of that responsibility anymore. <laughs> um how did i get in cooking that's a that's an interesting question um i guess it all comes down to when I was graduating. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was training full-time in, in judo and I wanted to do something that would allow me to full-time train and full-time work at the same time. And doing a cooking apprenticeship kind of seemed like a right fit. I've always kind of liked cooking at home here and there, but um, really it was just, so I could continue training and then I ended up falling in love with it and the rest is kind of history there. Nice. Um, yeah. How did I start working with the greenhouse? Well, my, my first job in a kitchen was at a place called Rick's Grill in Riverbend. And high end, high end. <laughs> high end. Uh, yeah, Mikhail Prime was the, the chef there at the time. And he is one of the co-owners of the greenhouse. I just kind of followed suit. Would you say he poached you from Rick's Grill? Uh, <laughs> no, he left me at Rick's Grill for no. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I came back to him. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, yeah. so just to back it, back it up a bit. So at Rick's Grill, what did you do? What did you uh, start off? What was your first position there? Was it, you know, were you a dishwasher, a busser, or did you jump straight uh, into line cooking? Yeah, I was, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to skip the whole dishwashing phase. So I was put right onto line, starting on uh, the cold side, making salads and desserts and whatnot. And uh, I think I was there for two and a bit years. So by the end of it, I, I knew everything. I was, I could work any station. I could do the prep stuff. I could do the line stuff. I could work lunch, dinner, didn't matter. So you, you said you were, uh, you started off prepping salads, right? Is, yeah, that's correct. Like, would you just say that's a good, pl- so I'm, I, I, I've never worked in a kitchen in my life. Never, uh, had the, uh, I guess the opportunity to do so. Also, I don't think, I just don't think I would have done well. I just got, I would have got too stressed out. I would have cried many times yeah i agree uh, with that <laughs> <but> soft <laughs> he's soft well, did you learn that lasted like, three four days under my reign 
dude. <laughs> I don't even think. I think one night, maybe two, just to say I didn't quit on the first night. I think I I could do two nights, but no, there I would have. Like I've got so much anxiety as is it is to like take a freaking stressful job like that. I can do it. Uh, of all the stations you worked at, I I heard like the uh, the like the salad station. I guess I, what what's the proper name for that again? Well, it depends. We don't really use the classic terms anymore. But if if we were going all the way back to culinary school, we would call it <laughs> Galmanger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a uh, big fan of uh, Dave Chang. He he mentioned how that was like like he's like yeah that's a station where you learn like a ton of like a lot of your shit like cutting cutting up veggies. You get a lot yeah, of lots like, of prep work. Yeah. On that station. It, did you find that to be the case? Like, did you learn the most to in gar uh, uh, salad? Did I learn the most? Probably not. But okay. Um, did it teach me what it was like? Like. Pretty much anybody that starts in a kitchen after the dish pit will be put onto like a salad slash dessert station. And the reason for that is sure there's a lot of like prep and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, it is a pretty simple station to run. Right. Right. But it does give you a really good idea of what it's like to work in a kitchen. So as you, as you move up the chain, you kind of have these, systems in place that the salad stations taught you so what's the next uh next level from salad station so what's how do you what do you graduate to um in rick's grill we had the salad slash dessert station that was kind of like your 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 starting point and then we had what we called the app station which was basically two sets of deep fryers and an oven which you would put all the the appetizers and I don't know if we had a lunch special quesadilla or something like that. You'd be responsible for that and stuff like that. But um, that would be the next station. And then the station over would be the saute station where you would make all your pastas, stir fries, all those kinds of things, anything that goes into a frying pan. And then um, you would have your grill station, which is pretty self-explanatory. Right. You know, cooking all of the meat. And then you would have a, another guy online that we called call guy so basically he was the one coordinating between all the different stations to make sure all the food comes out at the same time right mm-hmm. and did you and you did you did each one of those stations while working at rick's grill yeah i've i've worked all of those stations and then um <clears throat> on the back end of that there is a prep shift as well and i did that that's where you make all your your baked sauces and soups and whatnot what's your favorite position in all of them call guy uh call guy was fun yeah. i did like organizing but it, in terms of cooking i really do like the saute and the grill both of those pretty equal for me was it stressful on the grill like see i would have been like very stressed out because you're dealing with meat right and it's i mean at first <clears throat> yeah but you kind of get a knack for it and it's 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 that kind of thing that like gets me going when you're cooking on a grill station is you're your margin of error is so small, right? Yeah. Like you've got to be pretty perfect all the time. Otherwise you're wasting a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the pressure. Did, did like you get money under the lights? <laughs> it's uh, just like money hugs, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. Did you get a lot of stuff ever sent back? Like, or, or no. 
I mean, just like everybody, when I first started out, you know, I wasn't perfect, but I like to, I like to think I'm pretty good at it now. So if I send something back to the kitchen, like, does that piss a lot of people off or is it like, it's just, you guys just kind of shake it off? I mean, it depends. Uh, I think initial reaction would definitely be pissed off for sure. Like all those cartoons and YouTube videos and whatnot that you've seen, that's a little bit exaggerated, but pretty true. Like initial, initial response would be like, fuck off. What's this person? No, send it back to the table. It's perfect. And then, you know, sometimes (laughs) you look at it and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, I did fuck that up. I really fucked that up. Yeah. Oops. Am I allowed to say that here? Dude, we have, we can get the E, right? We get that little explicit explicit rating. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, my my daughter actually learned uh, learns a lot of words off here. But anyway, so um, m- more into your time at the greenhouse now. Like obviously, you guys specialize there more in like healthy eating, like a healthy lifestyle. You guys do lots of meal plans for sports teams and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that change like going from a commercial? We'll call it a commercial restaurant, yeah, steakhouse to yeah, uh, going from a steakhouse to eatery. greenhouse. So. Basically, when we started the greenhouse, when I say I came to the greenhouse, like I crawled to Mikhail, I was I was there within three weeks of opening. Oh, well. I just wasn't a part of the first three weeks. That's all good. Um, it would have been a lot of KP from what I've heard. <laughs> he didn't even come in until like year three or something like that. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's a side note. Basically, when we first started out with, uh, with the greenhouse, um, we took like I mentioned the Galmanger station earlier. Yeah. And we took that station and then tried to expand it across like a classic kitchen. So for the salads, we had, we still had like a, a saute station. We still had a grill station and we still had like a salad station. But when we first started, all we had is 12 salads on the menu. So basically every little station was just focusing on one very specific thing. Right. Uh, So it was, it was a familiar feeling in a sense, because we like, we stretched out a classic kitchen, but at the same time, just making salads. And obviously we had proteins on all all of our salads, but um, it was a bit of a change and uh, build times, build times was the biggest thing. What's build times? So, the amount of time it takes us to cook a meal or a oh, table okay, okay. or a table's worth of meals. Mm-hmm. Cause so you guys like I, have hot, like cooked salads in theory, right? Like where. Yeah. There, some of those salads were uh, hot cooked salads and a lot of them were just like tossed green salads with cooked meats on them or maybe a, a roasted red pepper or something, something heated on the salad. But um, going from having like 10 minutes to 15 minutes to having to put everything out in like everything out in five Mm -hmm. it was interesting so basically when when you look at build times it's interesting for like a steakhouse they'll ring in their salads first so the salad station is the first to get hit but by the time those salads are rung in the guy on grill already has his order too but the table has to sit through their salad course, sit through their, their appetizers, right? And then, like, the grill guy has 15, maybe even 20 minutes sometimes before mm-hmm. you're going to fire steaks and whatnot, right? 
So adjusting to that time period, whereas like the person's right in front of you, it's kind of was, it was kind of like Subway guys sitting yeah. watching you in a window. Cook. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think that was a bit of an adjustment. But once again, like I said, I like playing under the lights. So mm-hmm. no, that was probably a part of why I, I like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've had, I've had a few solids from the greenhouse in my time and uh, they're all fantastic for the most part. Actually, you know, they're, they're really good. Even the ones that AJ didn't let me order. They were really good. Yeah, I was just going to say, it says the guy that doesn't eat salad. <laughs> I legit, I think I've had everything on the menu at one way or another. Yeah. I'm pretty they, sure I've made everything for you, Jordan. Yeah. They've, they've taken off items that I've loved and I've, <laughs> I haven't forgiven them for it. Which like is the, that? The what's it? The uh, Denny the Granville, Granville Market salad. That was like, only a feature. That was but, a feature salad. Um, I loved it because I hadn't. I think yeah, I had we, apples in it, right? We had apples, pears, uh, yamaka. <laughs> we had a peanut butter pesto. Bed of mixed greens went really well with jerk chicken. It also had feta cheese and cranberries on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it'd yeah, be hard for me. I, and you guys had the. I don't know if this actually made it to menu. So this is how, because I, I was at one of those tastings, but they had a, a flatbread steak, right? A steak flatbread or something. Oh, I can go for that. Oh, a steak melt. Yeah, we uh, we did yeah. launch it. We did. Yeah, we did like a little pita with, with some yeah. steak and, it was and good. broccoli, peppers, mushrooms. Yeah, that that was a good one. Yeah, right now my, <laughs> right now my go-to is either green, greens and protein with steak or the Brazilian with steak. <laughs> yeah. Like I tried both. to order a, a chicken Caesar one time and AJ accused me of being white. <laughs> I do order salad. That's a, that's, you know, not a common misconception, but I order salad when there's nothing, absolutely almost nothing else for me to order on the menu. Then I'm stuck. I have to commit. Right. But when you have all this other stuff on your menu, it's just like, I'm going to try the other thing because I'm not cornered. Well, right? Especially when we're talking about the, the greenhouse menu that is, that's available now there's so many other options like we have yeah. the rice bowls and the pastas yeah and the wraps too. Go the wraps are really good yeah the wraps are pretty much just salads in a wrap in a wrap yeah but yeah. i mean it's just having the <laughs> ryan just likes that cock form <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. you man <laughs> i mean his favorite bunny hugs dish comes in that form too so okay so now let's let's kind of move on now uh your newest venture uh, one that I think you really wanted to just because you got to go to Kelowna where you boys kind of wanted to end up if I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, no, that's, that's been my dream since I was like 16 years old to end up here. So, yeah, so now you made like, now you made it out there. Uh, I know the experience has probably been lots of ups and downs and unexpected things. Uh, why don't you tell us some of the, uh, what's starting a food truck? Why don't you name the, like the best thing about it so far and then the most unexpectedly worst thing about it <laughs> and also well, if you don't mind adding into, into this answer yeah. why did you guys call it bunny hugs okay, okay so, so you just start yeah so you just answer let's it start with <laughs> why we call it bunny hugs um Sorry, all of the investors outside of aj are either still in or were at least born or lived a significant amount of time in saskatchewan okay and that's what we call hoodies in saskatchewan as a bunny hug you're from saskatchewan 
I was born in Regina, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. God damn it. Born in Regina, moved out to Alberta, now in BC. Yeah, it was... Alberta was always just a stopgap, though, until until I could afford to get to BC. <laughs> That's true. Um, bring cash. Yeah, bring cash. Bring cash, isn't that the truth? Um, out here, uh, the coolest thing about having a food truck is, you know, the fact that you're mobile and you're not stuck to one location. Mm-hmm. And when you hear about these events happening all over town, you have the freedom to move from place to place. Um, turns out it's not as easy to move from place to place as I originally thought it would be. <laughs> so that might be a bit of a downside. But is that like a is that like a permit thing? Like permit uh, wise, a bit of a permit easy? thing. Yeah, a bit of a permit thing, or uh, a bit of a like you got to know the right people to let gotcha. you into certain festivals, and then other festivals are pay to play, which I've avoided for the most part this mm-hmm. year because mm-hmm. you know. It's it's hard to give money you don't have. I, I need the festival to make the money to, you know. But at the end of the day, you're still like a startup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've only been open for not even six months now. Nice. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, having having the ability to move around is really cool and pick and choose different markets that mm-hmm. or different locations that you you want to operate. And you're not you're you're never <clears throat> fixed to a a single location um that that really piqued my interest when we we first started um the downside of the food truck i don't know if this is a downside of a food truck or just a downside of Kelowna, but when anything broke in my truck it mm-hmm. would take forever to get somebody to even come look at it and when they come look at it it kind of felt like they would pick and choose whether they wanted to put in the work to fix it or not oh man so that that's a bit of a learning curve coming from like Edmonton where we had the greenhouse and, you know, I could call somebody and there'd be someone there within an hour mm-hmm. and they'd do the job regardless. Here yeah. It's like you call anybody afternoon on a Friday. They're like, yeah, I think I'm going fishing. So I'll call you on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, that's, that's probably the biggest downside of this whole experience so far no menu wise um were you guys trying to kind of adapt a greenhouse menu into a food truck or were you just trying for something totally first first came out here we did want to have a a health conscious brand (laughs) which is why like you look at if you look at our logo it's a very confused we're a very confused truck right now but we got to stick behind it and just make its identity its own. But mm-hmm. it, it does give off the like vegetarian, vegan, health food vibe. But then when you actually look at our menu now, that's, that's not at all what, what we're serving. But uh, yeah, when we first came out, we definitely wanted to have like a health conscious kind of vibe. And within the first like three days, we quickly realized that the people in Kelowna, or especially we're actually in West Kelowna, instead of Kelowna proper but um Mm -hmm. our clientele were were very very blue collar and I know that seems funny coming from Edmonton because Edmonton's a pretty blue collar town itself but uh yeah these guys weren't ready for what we were trying to bring to market so we (laughs) we quickly added the burgers and the the comfort (laughs) food onto the menu and I kind of think that's become (laughs) our new identity (laughs) 
it angers me so much. <laughs> um, I've yet, obviously, I've yet to get out there and try it. Uh, but what does look delicious are these Ticino tacos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are they still uh, a menu item? So, so that's that was a a summer feature we were doing every Tuesday. We would have tacos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ticino tacos were one of them. Uh, that's another one of the best things that's ever happened out of this food truck is AJ introducing me to Filipino cooking. Oof. Amazing. Yeah. That, yeah, they, uh, your Ticino, you, you referenced this earlier, but the Ticino breakfast wrap is my breakfast. Toast, yeah. What a, what, yeah. Breakfast burrito toast. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't even know what it's called. And I just, yeah, give me the Filipino thing. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> fantastic. It's that, the barbecue pork you guys are able to make, like that's already the best thing that I think in the Okinawa. I haven't had a lot of Chinese food granted, but it's it's so good. It's uh like the perfect uh, barbecue tasu in my opinion. Like you you could sell that to to the different restaurants, and they would pay for. I don't actually you know I don't know if they'll pay for it because most of the uh, I don't think most of your clientele is re- like just they don't care right they don't know. I think that's yeah. strikes me as like Okanagan in general is just like, yeah, but that's, that is fantastic. That's some of the best uh, barbecue pork I've had, like not just in the Okanagan, but like that I've had, and I've eaten a lot of Chinese barbecue pork. <laughs> that, that uh, wrap in particular was the, the wrap that AJ chose to introduce me to Filipino cooking with. It's, yeah. it's got a very fond place in my heart as well. Yeah. It's I'm so jealous at the moment. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And I don't know, Jordan, you would, you would like it. It has all of your favorite foods in there. Perfect. (laughs) It's like double starch, man. And, and you know what, if you could, if they have time, so which they sometimes do, you can ask Denise to throw fries in there. Mm -hmm. Won't even bat an eyelash. He'll do it. In the wrap. In the wrap. Ooh, add that little crunch. I'm pretty open to, to custom custom additions and custom <laughs> dishes for for special customers yeah so right um, now um sorry brian you go ahead oh no no i just like i can just double up on that so just coming out to bc coming out to Kelowna, was that the biggest shock for you then just just how long it took to do things that we would take for granted like getting things fixed or is yeah, it just well not even just getting things fixed like getting getting a business license getting like everything just seems to take longer here yeah every step of the way the getting things fixed is just the most frustrating seems to be a real lack of urgency in the culture there yeah everybody kind of comes out here to chill and i i haven't chilled yet was there more (laughs) is it just there was more red tape for you or is it just getting a hold of people was the the biggest i think uh, people just take their time out here really like i i i see no actual reason for it to take longer any of it really but um i mean we could always go down the supply chain and you know all all the the problems we've had with covid but it goes beyond that because a service call is is a service call mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure it's i don't know it'd be interesting to see how how times like go by faster once covid is kind of gone i just i know that on my current work right now there is a bit of a labor shortage as well and it is mm-hmm. like holding up uh progress on construction progress projects and whatnot 
even when I, at my uh, job in Kelowna, they were having issues finding like people to work at their different uh, housing programs. So it's just, it just seems like it might be, it'd be interesting to see how things operate once all, all the COVID supports are gone, you know? Yeah. And let's, I'm looking forward to that personally, because yeah. <laughs> so many people are just sitting back taking advantage of it. And I, I do think that's a part of the problem here, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, well, it's been what, almost two years since COVID started, right? Yeah. Yep, that's about people it. are just getting so used to this lifestyle and like this, this real laid back approach to even if you are an emergency plumber, you can show up two days later kind of deal. Like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of think yeah. the Valley has its own, own mindset, like all the way to, to where you are in Penticton to Vernon. I think everybody's just kind of, uh, Jordan said it, everybody's too relaxed here. It's too nice. It's too nice. Everyone's yeah. on vacation all the time. Jordan, it was like plus two today. The oh. snow would turn into rain. Uh, it was snowing this morning and I had to like, I turned my wipers on and it was like rain. That it didn't even nice. freeze. Must oh, be yeah. nice. You know, before yeah. this podcast, I was outside trying to run extension cords to like <laughs> two different vehicles <laughs> to prepare for the uh, deep freeze we're about to hit here. You guys are going into the deep freeze, hey? Yeah, starting, I think, Christmas Day, minus 26. Yeah, out here, even, it's a different cold. Like, I'd prefer a minus 26 dry than a minus 15 to minus 20 out here. Really? Just because off the water, it's just so cold. All the water, like, once, it, it just gets into your bones. Your feet are the first thing to go, and then once they get cold, I mean, the rest of your body goes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. I got uh, some like waterproof shoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh? So what's coming up for the bunny hugs? Like I hear you guys have linked up with the winery. Yeah, so uh, we're currently taking the holiday season off, and we've gone pretty much every day straight since Canada Day long weekend. Yeah. Wow with with a few exceptions so uh, yeah we're gonna take the next couple weeks to get our heads back recharge the batteries yeah recharge the batteries ready to go again but uh when we open up again on the 7th of january we're gonna be parked at uh grizzly winery which is super cool um i could tell you a little bit about the winery if you want sure it's a uh, it's a beautiful big room. It's it's almost like a venue first and a winery mm-hmm. second. So okay. they, don't, they don't like, especially along that strip uh, of wineries. So it's Boucherie Road and yeah. the entire road on either side is all wineries. Yeah. But there are different classes of wineries. There are the like the pretentious like I care about my wine and my wine's got to be perfect. I don't care about my building. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the absolute opposite side of that. They're like, I really care about my building. I want it to look like this. And then the wine almost becomes the afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. Grizzly's definitely the latter. It's <laughs> the wine is an afterthought. But I'm really excited for this opportunity because, like I said, they are a venue first. And they do host a lot of festivals and a lot of like painting nights. They have painting night every week. Mm-hmm. They even have a Zumba class in the new year. 
coming up. So, you know, like every night they have a little event going on in the winery itself. Mm -hmm. And um, we were parked there for almost three weeks, just a little, just a little more than three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, right before we shut down doing a, a winter festival and just watching how that uh, the winery itself operates it's it's really encouraging I think it's going to be a, a lot better for us nice. come the new year yeah you kind guys of, had to have oh go ahead I was going to say kind of built in foot traffic almost just yeah they're coming exactly. for the wine they're like oh hey <laughs> might as well get the breakfast breakfast taco or whatever it is you yeah. guys are peddling at the moment yeah, I think yeah, exactly. of your, uh, you guys have been in three official locations. And I, I would put painters there too. So four. Oh, yeah. yeah four. That was just a winter thing or a weekend thing. I think you guys are going back to painters in the new year, right? In the summer when it starts up again? Yeah, when they start up again, I'm sure we'll pop over there from time to time. Yeah. But it all depends on, on what, like, if there's a big market or a big event that Grizzly's putting on, it's probably going to be more profitable stay yeah i think uh, this is another thing we get out of the the grizzly deal is they're allowing us to plug our truck in and keep our truck there overnight so i no longer have to worry about fuel for the generator i no longer have to worry about uh paying for for storage fees or anything like that so that's those two things are huge plus Yeah. yeah i think it's been your best location um just i just i'm only commenting as a customer because i've been to uh been to the the what was it marina shelter bay marina yeah, shelter bay marina and that was like a it was a good idea in theory right but in practice it was just like kind of hard was, to get to it it's it's also yeah hard to get to i'll agree with that but it's also hard to say that we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to uh build the marina into an actual like destination location we were so young when we were at Mm. the marina Mm -hmm. and the reason we chose to be there literally is because they were the only person that said yes right so we had nowhere else to park (laughs) but then we're given this location and then that's when the ideas start rolling right like oh wow look at this beach in front of us we can set up like our little patio and that's where the idea is to do a taco Tuesday and uh, I'll, I'll bring this up for you, Brian fish, fish and chip Friday, <laughs> which is, which is where the caribou comes in. That is uh, the beer we use in our beer batter. We uh, call it boo batter and yep. caribou has actually been in contact with us and we're, we're trying to go hard with them right now. And they, uh, they seem interested. So we might get some, some sort of a sponsorship deal out of them. That'd be caribou so- out of BC. Yeah. Yeah, it oh, is. Sorry. It's uh, where in BC? It's from Prince George. Ooh. Okay, that's up north. Correct? <clears throat> yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, they. I don't know. I, I uh, from what I heard in the beginning, the reason you wanted to use boo batter was uh, of uh, your other partner, Mikhail, like loves caribou apparently. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be really frank. Mikhail just loves shitty beer. uh, like his his go-to's are like the pilsners the 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 canadians the coconies of the world he just he just likes that very bland american lager taste 
I guess you know what you're getting, though. You know what you're getting. Yeah, no, no fault of his own. Like, and I would honestly put Caribou just like a little step above. It does have some some taste bud ticklers in it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's hey, it's you... definitely along the same lines. So wait, wait, wait. when when he first came, oh, okay. I was just saying, uh, we don't mean uh, Caribou is refreshing, man. I I love Caribou. If there's a if Caribou's listening. Don't, we're just saying all this stuff for entertainment purposes. That's not how we really feel. It's amazing. Um, but but like I said, I called it utility beer, and I mean that. Like there there is a time and place for it. Like mm-hmm. I will go into the liquor store and choose it over, I don't know, a fancy sour that Jordan's drinking or uh, <laughs> whatever you're drinking, or Black like Angel a or something, or let's even give copper brewing in Kelowna a shout out right mm-hmm. these are all great beers in my opinion but I like exploring different flavors when I drink beer for the most part but this is like Jordan said a stock standard you always know what you're gonna get yeah so when Mikhail first came out here he brought a pack of Pilsner on board and I was like whoa 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 we're in BC now bud <laughs> he hasn't looked back he even buys them with the the premium in Alberta now oh yeah, they're expensive back home. Yeah. See, yeah, that's right. We love caribou so much that we'll pay extra for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, gotta help, help our homies out. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's it was awesome having both you and AJ out here. It was definitely relieved me of some homesickness. It was honestly the best part of my day um when i was working was coming out for lunch yeah. and just shooting the shit uh, with i'm you gonna guys. take a second here to say brian literally came to the truck every day for the first <laughs> three four weeks <laughs> he alone kept us going in that first couple <laughs> how far brian how far is your current work for uh, to uh, the the winery where they'll be at uh it's about a 40 minute drive <clears throat> from work from work, yeah. But I, when I was working in Kelowna and they were at Shelter Bay, okay, it was gotcha. uh, like five minutes, maybe. Maybe five minutes. Yeah, we were just across the bridge from each other. Yeah. yeah that would have been deadly. It was so good. Like, honestly, I just, I would, every day. It was just, and the days that I didn't have uh, bunny hugs, I would mm-hmm. come back the next day and apologize. <laughs> yeah. And order twice. Yeah. It was, and it's good, man. It's, it's thing to eat definitely my favorite uh thing to eat in the okanagan it's there's a i mean i'm, like, oh, I'm super biased but mm-hmm. I, I mean i appreciate it but I, here's another thing i i really think there's a a difference coming from we we're all coming from edmonton where we have mm-hmm. so many restaurants and so many startups and if you're not there to to kill it you'll just get washed out right not the same here it seems like adequate is all that anybody strives for. Yeah. So if you if you care, if you put that little bit of extra mm-hmm. oomph into what you're doing, and I'm sure this transcends from cooking to all other industries. If you're just a little bit more willing to 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 try that mm-hmm. little bit more harder, you're gonna get that recognition. People are gonna start coming. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's good to know. I don't, yeah, the bar. Oh. I don't understand a lot of things about this food truck. We have a menu that looks like 
it belongs in a full sit down restaurant and somehow we're pumping it out of this little metal box. And uh, I, I really don't get how we do it, but we do it and it works. So yeah, I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. Mm-hmm. If you look at most of the food trucks out here, they'll, they'll have five different tacos, but that's it. Like that's their only thing. They're yeah. just mm-hmm. doing tacos. So when, when you look at that, it's a, it's a lot easier to, to produce and uh, like produce your prep and cook, cook your meats and whatnot mm-hmm. in big batches. And then when it comes to service time on the truck, all you're doing is assembling. Yeah. Whereas like what AJ and I are doing, we're, we're running an actual restaurant out of a quarter of the space. Yeah. Which I'm sure is quite challenging too, because staff wise just two guys all the time (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean there are times where both of us aren't necessarily required Mm -hmm. we have both spent a decent amount of time on the truck alone Mm -hmm. but um if it wasn't the two of us or one of us alone it would definitely need two maybe even three people gotcha which is another thing because where do you put the bodies yeah you almost have to start. You almost have to start putting a, a way in for your hiring process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you, you and uh, you and AJ are both uh, on the smaller side. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't kind of have a couple of me in there probably, and probably tip the truck over. But... Well, one and a half I mean, Jordans. One and a half. Uh, a Mikhail and I <laughs> even run into problems. Yeah, I guess Mikhail's a pretty big dude and too. So. He's a little bit bigger than you are. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but. That's a compliment, yeah, like Mikhail. Compliment, Mikhail. He's a, he's a big. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, long term, uh, I know you kind of want you want to stay out there. Long term, definitely right? staying out here. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I'm sure you guys will have to hire some sort of staff. Uh, I hear yeah, that's look an, into that. Like, I hear that's an issue though. Right now, like trying to find people just to come work is everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Like it's it's an issue back in Edmonton. Um. Yeah, I guess, especially is, in the service industry, right? Yeah, it's it's a rotating door in the service industry. Like, we're not we're not known for paying the best. We're not known mm. for giving the best treatment. It really takes a special individual to want, really to, want to do this. Like, yeah, even even when you climb the the ranks and you're mm-hmm. doing your own thing, like it really does take a special individual because. It's not easy by any means. And that's mm-hmm. just like the physical part of the job, let alone the the thinking and the the planning and the puppeteering, if you will. The that's emotional abuse. The emotional yeah. abuse too. And it's it's all self-emotional abuse too at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. How so? How so? Yeah. Well, I mean, I still wake up every morning and decide this is what I want to go to work and do. Like, I know how hard it is. I know how tired I'm going to be at the end of the day. It's just, like I said, it takes a special individual. You got to be kind of, I don't know, dumb, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it, not a lot of things make sense. Okay. I always have like two questions I like to ask. Um, Okay. First one's for kind of anybody. And then the second one's kind of cooking specific. <clears throat> First one, 
So for people who are aspiring to go into the food industry, like as a chef, what would be the biggest piece of advice you could give them? Uh, my biggest piece of advice would be definitely to work in the industry before you actually pull the trigger on that decision. And uh, this is going to be a two-part answer because when you do decide that you want to go and like pursue your education in culinary arts or um, I don't know, I'm sure this applies to meat cutting and baking and all those other culinary disciplines, but uh, I would definitely highly recommend taking the apprenticeship program rather than a full-time program because you get to work at the same time as you're going to school kind of deal. Whereas the full-time program, they kind of pump you up with all these false food TV ideas is what I'm right. going to call it, like food network ideas. And then you get out of your two-year program thinking you're God's gift to culinary arts and then quickly realize you don't stand a chance on a line. Mm -hmm. And the real world just chew you up, and spit you back out. So do the apprenticeship like actually get some time in a kitchen because it's like the actual yeah. working in there is different than what they present to you 100 percent, 100 percent different uh with with the apprenticeship program everything's like we only go to school for eight weeks out of the year and that that's uh three times we go to school mm -hmm. for eight weeks whereas the full-time program is just two years straight and it's just like any other two-year diploma program you go to school every day you have weekends off right it's super soft <clears throat> so they have they have so much time to learn the same criteria as an apprentice does right which is what causes the false image of what it is to be a chef because yeah sure anybody can make a great dish if you've got all eight hours to focus on one thing right it's like yeah, I for sure. You, yeah, I could take any of you guys and the most intimidating dish in front of you, and I could walk you through it step by step. And if it's that only thing you're focusing on, yeah, it's a piece of cake. You're gonna do a pretty good job. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's not the real world. You've got five, six things happening at the same time. Not to mention, with most newer setups, you got to worry about customer interaction as well. Mm -hmm. No, that's the worst. Like you're. You're not you're not just cooking anymore. Do you Even like that? Customers. Do you like that part of? Uh, I love that part. The customer interaction. Yeah. Person. Yeah. 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 I love uh, I love having our regulars and like turning around, seeing one of them, like, "Hey, man, what's up? What's going on?" Mm -hmm. I love I love that part of it. And yeah, Denise, Denise a chatty Cathy man. <laughs> he's a not chatty Cathy. Yeah, he's no Denise. Like a great. Uh, he's a good front man great from that just talk your ear off it's great um, <laughs> yeah for sure okay so second this i'm always curious because i'm uh i like cooking i enjoy it i don't i wouldn't want to cook in a professional kitchen but i like cooking at home what's the one thing you would suggest uh, a home cook do to make their food taste better really learn how to use salt and pepper that's what i'll tell anybody like it that's that's usually uh, how do i explain this yeah you got get, my sister I, for example when we were growing up and she started cooking um i was already i was already in the industry so 
I knew a little bit here and there. And anytime she would, she would ask me to taste something, she'd be like, like, I'm really happy about this, but something tastes off. It was just a matter of seasoning at the end of the day. It's just a little bit of salt and pepper to awaken everything that she did. So like mm. she would follow all the right processes. It would just be a little light on salt and pepper. And a lot of recipes are written that way to tell you the truth. Hmm. So would you, would you, would you say on average, if they're telling you what the salt and pepper is, double it? No, that's going to be way too much. But what I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a simple, it's, it's, it's not a, a black and white formula here. It's, it's mm. not a yes and no kind of answer. Um, because a lot of recipes will just tell you, this is the amount of salt and pepper that goes into a, a dish. Mm-hmm. But what, what they won't tell you is to use the least amount of salt and pepper, but get the most out of your salt and pepper, you have to season in layers. So basically think about anytime you put another ingredient into a pan, if we're making like a soup or something like that, mm-hmm. just a little bit more salt and pepper and just like a pinch at a time, pinch at a time, pinch at a time. Mm, not and all that. Just, okay. Not all at once. Yeah. Just constantly tasting as you go. And then like, you'll see those flavors develop as you, the cooking process goes on. And then by the time you're at the end of it, you might need another pinch, maybe another two, but I always so- like to have uh, a three to one ratio salt to pepper and I mix that all together and I literally just pinch it with my three fingers and sprinkle. Hmm. And that's just a consistent process through, through cooking. Okay. So when you season something, you got to give it some time before you taste it just to let it all kind of mix in. I just, that's one thing I do. I mean, as long as you you mix it thoroughly, if you, uh, you know, have your, your spatula or your, your spoon or whatever you're using or your whisk, as long as everything's, thoroughly incorporated you'll get a pretty good idea of where it's at all right like yeah, there's that's... there's gonna be a little bit of variability on either side but yeah cooking's that's... an art it's not a science i totally agree with that my my uh, family out here <clears throat> is uh they they like their food a little bland um mm-hmm. so i find like i don't know i'm having always an exist and my wife's like like she's a little more She's, she's a little more foreign, you know, she married me, uh, likes a little more like heat, God bless, her. God bless her. But at the end of the day, a colonialist is still a colonialist. So like the food that we have is like, just sometimes she's just like, yo, this is way too salty and I can't taste any of it. I'm just like, I, I think it tastes bland still. So we're just trying to adjust to different flavor profiles. I find is frustrating. Yeah, like, I, I agree. My, my grandparents out here, they're yeah. both in their nineties. Yeah. So I'm I'm dealing with the same issue. Like every once in a while I'll I'll make something and I'll be like, Yeah, this is bland enough for them. It'll be good. And they'll both be like, uh, this one's a little bit spicy or this one's a little bit salty. Like let's let's turn it back a little bit. But I mean, everybody has their palate, right? Yeah. And not not everybody actually understands what's going on inside of their mouth. Yeah. I hate the salt and pepper shaker. I'm just telling you. I if I look at one of those things, it's just like no, it's just, it's a it's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, yeah, just add salt and pepper afterwards. It's like it's not the same. I shouldn't like at need the to table? Add, yeah, yeah. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. And, anyway, and like I mentioned earlier, you end up using more if you're using the salt and pepper shaker at the table. You yeah. end up using way more of both, so it ends up being worse for your health. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's good to know. I mean, there there is a time and place for some fresh cracked pepper on on a dish here and there, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like all that Olive Garden. Yeah, Olive <laughs> Garden, like a nice pepper. Caesar salad, some fresh cracked pepper on top, and let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's big type of mine. But yeah, thank you. Okay, so so season more. Season and layers. Season. Yeah. Pay pay attention to season and don't treat recipes like it's the be all end all. Have yeah. fun with it. Like if you don't have something, just think of like if you don't have canned tomatoes, but you have canned peppers or vice versa. Those are similar acidic flavors. You can you can interchange those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, sorry, just because I, I I dumped on my wife there. <laughs> to her credit, like that's one thing she's always been good at is like substitutions, and that's one thing I'm not very good at. Our substitutions, like I stick to the book, right? It's just like, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. starting to get a bit no, better cook, at that. Cook with what you got. Have fun. Play around. And yeah. I mentioned earlier that everybody's palate's different. So, I mean, what works for me might not work for you, right? At the end of the day, it's professionally, you try to find the middle of the road, but personally, when I'm cooking, it's completely different than either greenhouse or bunny hugs, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, your, your greenhouse and bunny hugs cooking is, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's the best. Uh, before we move on to our top three here, uh, let's just touch on your little judo career. Yes. Uh, don't say little. I don't want to say little. I was going to say, I shouldn't say little because actually uh, getting a black belt in anything is a lot, usually a, like a journey of it in itself. So, Except uh, for Taekwondo, that doesn't mean five, shit. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'll stand on that. I'll, I will. I, I stand by what, what I said there. All right. Fight me. It's, yeah. Do you, do you uh, compile uh, Taekwondo and Karate in the same do I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Taekwondo is is its own thing. Karate. Well, I, I know there's two different sports if you want to go that route, but uh, do you consider them both like the same type of black belt? I don't think so. I think karate is a little more um, diverse. It's more broad, definitely more broad. Uh, there's a practical aspect to it. I'm not just saying that because there are some uh, who listen to this that may have a karate black belt. I, I legitimately believe that. I think like the fact that they it tries to incorporate like some aspects of grappling, some aspects of uh, you know actual self defense versus mm-hmm. what I know of Taekwondo, you're not allowed to punch somebody. Is like get the fuck out of here, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to Denis, who did not do either of those. He is a judo black belt. Uh, maybe talk about a little bit how you got into it, and uh, yeah. I, Cause I know you stopped due to injury, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, I got into it because it was a family sport. Uh, my what? mom and her brother both did judo oh, wow. growing up and they actually trained here in Kelowna. Wow. For, that's, that's where they started. Judo is, is in the, at the YMCA in Kelowna. Wow. And uh, yeah, my mom kind of fell out of it because she lost interest and started doing more girly things mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she got her green belt which i mean if you get a green belt in judo and you call it quits i would consider that a pretty decent kick at the can yeah if that makes sense like 
that means you stuck with it for for a decent amount of time um my uncle on the other hand her brother um he went on to get his i think he's a third or fourth degree black belt now oh wow um he ran uh, the ishiyama judo club out of calgary for, for years and years but he also had to retire due to injury mm-hmm. um so that's how i got into it um really at the end of the or at the beginning of the day i guess in this conversation i was just really into sports and whatever mm-hmm. i was allowed to do i would do mm-hmm. um grew really fond of all of them and then when we got down to a point where my parents were trying to accommodate all of my sports they made me narrow it in and choose one judo was the one that won mm-hmm. i don't know why i picked judo but i did um went on with it i got my black belt i i fought for team canada for a minute um I tore my acl when i was 16 for the first time oh fuck. yeah I, I tore it at nationals as well oh no it was I was I had three more fights for a gold medal and I tore my ACL. That was that was a rough experience. But um you know, got over it. Uh Judo Canada, Judo Alberta took really good care of me, helped me out with my rehab, um got me into specialists to take a look at it. I got in, got my surgery, um that got fixed up. And then took another kick of the can. I think I took almost a year off. Maybe a little more than a year off um, for the rehab and whatnot. And then came back. And uh, I was fighting the same kind of competitions, but really wasn't getting the same results. And I was really struggling to get to the, the same level I was fighting at before. It was a huge mental block looking back on it with hindsight being 2020 i was i was scared of getting hurt again so much so that i pushed myself to do it again and i tore my second acl when i was 22 on my other knee and at that point i just kind of i realized i wasn't going to get to the olympics Mm -hmm. i wasn't going to get back on the the full circuit for team canada i wasn't i wasn't going to get to the level that i wanted to fight at so i retired and, uh, you know, I've tried to go back a few times, but it's, it's so ingrained in me at this point that it, it's got to be an all or nothing thing. Like mm-hmm. I tried doing the coaching thing. I tried, I even tried doing the refing thing. And oh, if I'm not on the mats, I'm not competing. I have no business being there. And there's, there's no beer league for judo, right? It's, <clears throat> you have your, your coaches, you have your classes, but the competition schedule that that's completely up to you to develop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I find it hard not training at three clubs at the same time. So you can go four or five nights a week and then do your extracurriculars and then fight every other weekend somewhere in North America or, or mm-hmm. even elsewhere. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts, man. I had no idea so now, you were such a high level black belt, by the way. I just have my showdown. So I, I only have my first degree and I made those decisions because everything after that is completely political. You need your black belt to fight certain competitions. So I got there and the rest I didn't really care about. 
It's funny, to this day, I've been retired in almost 10 years, more than 10 years. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I've been retired 10 years now. And uh, it wasn't even two years ago, I had one of my former coaches call me and ask me if I was interested in going for grading because he wanted his lineage to follow suit and he had some people that were ready to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like I've not trained in a long time. Yeah, yeah I hear I you. I mean, I do step on the mats maybe once a year. Yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of fun with the kids. Usually mm -hmm. end up getting hurt, sometimes worse than others, but once a year thing that's mm -hmm. it now so have you tried like jujitsu then because that's okay so there's it's basically just judo but we don't like throwing people so we're just gonna <laughs> yeah wrestle you, on the you ground. focus more on groundwork whereas judo yeah. focus, focuses yeah. more on the, the standing right yeah um you guys are a lot more patient than judo too that's what i heard that's like, what i've heard slow technical grind outs in yeah. jujitsu versus like everything's very very dynamic in judo yeah so like if I'm going for a submission on the ground, it's a, a one and maybe a half more attempt. And if that doesn't work, I'm getting back up to my feet kind of deal. Or if I find myself in a position where I don't like where he is on top of me and we're on the ground, mm -hmm. all I'm looking to do is get up to my feet. In judo, is there, what's the rules? Like when it goes to the ground, is there like, uh, I was always under the assumption there's some sort of time limit for... Or is that um, am I wrong? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm just what, that's what just my like, there, there are time like, limits, but like, like you hit you like about? okay, let's say you take a guy down, uh, you have I don't, know, I don't know a minute to do something on the ground. If not, you stand stand back up, something like that. Okay, so it, it's not as rigid as that. As long mm -hmm. as you're showing progression in your technique, okay, you're you're good to go. Mm -hmm. But they're not as patient for you to show progression as gotcha. oh, okay. so that you have to sense. show progression decently quickly but if you're sitting there like working at something they'll they'll let 25 30 seconds go by mm -hmm. but, but the moment you stop really, they're like hey, yeah exactly back. okay or as soon as they see a stalemate they'll mm -hmm. stand you back up that makes more sense mm -hmm. have you had any interest in doing jujitsu or yeah i mean especially when i first started talking to aj and realized that he was into jujitsu and muay thai and whatnot i had no idea when i first met him Mm -hmm. yeah um and apparently he was training the the whole time um <laughs> especially aj because we're you guys are the exact same like height so, and weight pretty much right no i'm a lot bigger than he is are you really yeah i'm uh i fought 60 kilos so that's fight weight was 132 oh, okay that's about 20 pounds AJ, yeah about 20 pounds and that was fight weight and i'm definitely cocking a couple more now are you? Oh wow! Yeah, I'm. I'm probably walking around 155, 160 these days. Really? I was got some to This boy. This boy. That's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I touched the scale 155, and we we're like the same weight for like a minute. That's insane. I haven't been. I remember. I may have told this story on the podcast, but I remember in grade six, I got weighed for skis. I was 160. I was 160 pounds. <laughs> in grade six. In grade six. God damn. So, so you, been... <laughs> you haven't been 160 pounds since grade. I haven't been 150 since I don't know, like grade three, maybe grade four. <laughs> maybe grade four. I'll say. So, 
you might you might get back into jujitsu. You think, or get back in, get into jujitsu, or like or it just probably if, won't scratch if, that if, itch for you. Hey? If if I do get back into the fighting world, um, I would definitely go jujitsu first. Yeah, because uh, I'm still terrified of hurting my knees. Yeah, and somehow that's that's really linked to fighting for me. But I spent the last ten years like. This is actually my first year not playing an organized sport in my entire life. What? So what did you used like, to play? When I when I retired from judo, uh, I started playing soccer. The greenhouse had a soccer team. Oh, so, that's right. Indoor soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, indoor soccer. And I played, I don't know, five, six seasons with them. We started at the bottom of the league. I don't know if you guys know how soccer works, but there's different tiers. And each tier has a full league in itself. And when you when you start your own team, you start at the bottom unless you want to buy a spot. So we right. started at the bottom. We worked our way all the way to the top. And then we had two real tough seasons at the top. And then everybody else started having babies. So we hmm. called it quits there. Um, other than that, I played, I played uh, baseball. I played volleyball. And uh, I really got into running as well, uh, which is funny because it's probably the worst thing I could do for my knees yes but yes uh yeah i was i was running at least one 15 kilometer race every year if not multiple and uh yeah that's that's kind of what took over that side of my brain and then we also started the greenhouse well the greenhouse really started going after i tore my second acl so that took a lot of my attention away too Mm -hmm. so everything kind of happened at Mm -hmm. the right time for me and I guess for you to go back to do anything, it'd be time permitting since yeah. right now, now your main, yeah. your main focus saying. now is takes up a, a huge chunk of time. Yeah. At, at this point, I'm just going to be happy to get out for a, a couple laps at big white on my snowboard or in the summertime, get a couple laps on my mountain bike. Yeah. Cause uh, apparently West Kelowna, right, right close to where I'm living. That's like the Mecca of cross country biking in yeah. Western Canada. Can confirm. Yeah. Can confirm. Brian's yeah, a big Brian's a big biker now, is what he is. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had we had this conversation <laughs> once uh once upon a time in the truck. But yeah, yeah like I'm I'm looking for other things that I gave up really mm-hmm. to do judo for so long. Mm-hmm. Cause because when I was training, it was it was a seven day a week job. Like it it mm-hmm. it never stopped. Mm-hmm. Whether that was on the mats, off the mats, or in competition. Yeah, I was doing something related every day. That's crazy. <clears throat> it's wild. All right, I'm glad we uh, touched on that. Yeah, no, we. You know what, Denny? We're gonna go mountain biking. We're, yeah, we we'll, are. We'll do it. I told you, uh, we gotta get you a soft tail though. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I I need money first. I I can. Yeah. You know what? I'll just like. I'll rob the kids' uh, education account or something. I've got some money in there. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I I'm in full support of that. I think Brian needs a full Mountain cage when he first. goes too. No, no. no. Brian, Brian needs hockey to wear a hockey helmet, helmet with a bird cage. <laughs> Gotta protect that money maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I mean, that's another thing. The CTE. Oh. Yeah, it's not. It can't get anywhere. So you better you better get yeah, that I, Mr. Kazoo helmet on Brian. <laughs> I got like. God damn! I I unintentionally got a concussion mountain biking. It was crazy. Yeah, I should take care, better care of my dome. You and me both. 
Okay. So on that, uh, on that mentioning our heads, uh, we're going to, our top three this week is related to something that is also very, very, very bad for your uh, brain's well-being. <laughs> Jordan, can you uh, introduce I will say topic? this is, an, might be bad for your brain's well-being, but another love of Denis, it is the cocktail. So it's <laughs> your top three favorite cocktails. Um, Denis, I think maybe one or two of my Halloween parties I used to throw, Denis was a bartender there. Mm-hmm. He did, ended up taking off all his clothes party. and leaving his station, but... <laughs> I mean, I'd always make the drinks when they were required. That's right. He started off the night making drinks for everyone. (laughs) At a certain point, he was may have been dipping into the stash too much. Yeah, it's it's tough when you're drinking all the leftovers of everybody's drink. (laughs) Yeah. Never having an actual one of your own. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're gonna do uh, top three cocktails. Okay. Uh, The way we do it is if you we do your least favorite at number three, two, one. and then we'll go Jason. kind of back to back, if that makes sense. But we'll we'll just tell you when you yeah. When you start, start with so number three. We'll yeah. start with number three. Uh, let's actually start off with uh, Brian because I'm pretty sure Denise's gonna have the greatest selection to pick from if we take one of his. So we'll start <laughs> right. with Brian. Uh, right. So I self admittedly I don't drink a lot of cocktails. The first reason being I'm like I'm, I'm really cheap. So when I go out, it's just like I don't. I try not to blow my money on um cocktails mixed so drinks you have to make them yourself yes so and you know what number three my third favorite cocktail is something i made myself and uh it is called the kong oh. it is it is a uh, hennessy and coke and i named hennessy it such coke. because yeah so apparently there's it's an actual drink and i can't actually name it after myself like my friend herman told me this many times I'd call it, hey, you want a Kong? And he's just like, no, it's just Hennessy and Coke, man. You can't call it that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I put a little bit of, put a, put a bit of Hennessy in, in the glass and then I free pour. And then I grab myself some, you know, if I'm watching my weight, grab some of that Coke Zero, maybe some Diet Coke. But if it's a crazy night out, regular Coke, I top that thing up, I'm ready to go. I'm uh, I'm drinking a wrap hard liquor and I'm <laughs> drinking my favorite soft drink. So yeah, I'm down. You can't beat that. Okay. Uh, my number three is one of the first cocktails I've ever kind of had. And I loved it was a whiskey sour. What's that? Without the egg. So whiskey sour. Without I bo- the egg. Uh-huh. I've never had it without the egg and I'm scared. <laughs> You've never had it with the egg? I've never had it with the egg. Okay. And I just like I just don't feel an egg white would be like all that great. What's but, a whiskey sour? Uh, well, whiskey sour I believe is bourbon, right? With lemon juice, I want to say. Yeah. And yeah. there's got to be something else in there too to make it sour. But there's a little bit, a uh, little bit of bitters. Um, oh, okay. The whole, uh, the whole premise behind the egg is to make it pretty, really. Okay, so that's nothing to do with taste, doing, really. like. No, you don't really taste the egg when you put it in, but it does make this nice little like frothy lid for yeah. your beverage, if you will. I think I actually that's, had it with the egg before at one point, but most of the times I think I've had it uh, was without the egg. That's fair. Okay, Denise, let's start with your number three. My number three, hey? Um, I'm going to go as basic as 
the martini. Ooh, okay. What the Gin fuck? martini in particular. I just, uh, I'm not really that fond of sweet flavors. Martini's got that nice earthy tone, low, and uh, I'm a big gin guy, so it's probably a martini is what gin and vermouth, maybe. Yeah, white vermouth classically, and then if you want it dirty, it's going to be with olives and olive juice. If you want it with a twist, it's going to be with a, a citrus peel, usually mm-hmm. a lemon, but what, any of them go. What's a vodka martini versus a you know like obviously it's made with vodka literally the same drink it's just take the gin out and put vodka in so do you want a martini shaken not stirred or is it like no the the stirring is actually better uh so rule of thumb light liquors always shaken dark liquors always stirred right Hmm. yeah so if like you're making a fancy whiskey or dark rum cocktail they're always going to put it in that, they call it a Japanese uh, shaker. So it's just a mug, essentially. And then you've got that nice big spoon with all the, the twists in the in the arm. And then you would use that and stir your drink rather than shake your drink. Gotcha. All right. And the difference of the two is when you shake something, it dilutes it more. So more of the ice goes into the beverage Okay. when you stir it less of it happens but there's still some sort of dilution interesting right. yeah I, i've heard that that's uh just it's not as manly to it's not as manly as you think to shake something because it actually dilutes it yeah but you also agitate more of the flavors that are going all around so it depends on how you look at it man okay okay Denise, you it's your turn uh we kind of do like a snake draft style so you okay, will go again. your number two. Yeah, you go again. Yes, you go again. Number two. And he may have froze. <laughs> Denis. Denis. <laughs> well, we may have lost Denis here. Mid mid interview. Okay. Well, I'll go with my number two. Oh, go. wait, wait, got it. He's back. Oh, he's wait, back. Oh, he's back. He's... I'm back. Did okay. you hear my answer? No, no, no. Okay, so we lost you right when he said it was my turn. So you're number two. What's your number two? Old fashioned. Oh, I like an old fashioned. Old fashioned. It's what's uh, it, what's an old fashioned? Nice simple flavors. So classically, you would take a little bit of raw sugar and some bitters, and then you would muddle that together, and then you would use a bourbon, and then that's your alcohol. Then you would take an orange peel. <laughs> Give it a little bit of a wipe on the rim, squeeze it a little bit, maybe toss a match to light all the, the acidity on the outside of the orange peel, dump that in your drink. And then, if you will, a maraschino cherry. But like I said, I'm not a fan of the sweet, so I usually stay away from that one. I love a good wipe on the rim. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever had a rum old-fashioned? Uh, no, I haven't, but that sounds... It sounds good. Right. I, I've heard the about right. them. Uh, I didn't know they were actually the right rum. Yeah. I don't know okay. if I would add the extra sugar because rum's so sweet already. Yeah. But yeah. yeah rum and a different bitters, little flavor to it. A little bit of orange peel. I got time for that. Yeah. But old fashioned, that's a classic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number two is a Mexico classic for me. I'm going to go with the pina colada. Oh, pina colada. 
I don't even know what's in it, but it is delicious, <laughs> especially when it has like the slushiness to it. So pina colada, that would be usually a white rum, uh, some sort of coconut milk or coconut water, pineapple juice, shaved ice. Yeah. And your same garnishes, orange and maraschino cherry. Sounds like all those flavors and I love it. <laughs> Dick to the classics. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, really nice when you make it with a coconut rum or something like that. Yeah, probably just add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan's into that. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Brian, you're number two. Okay, so <laughs> the only reason I like this one is I can always remember it. It's super easy to make. And there's a song about it. Number two for me is gin and juice. Oh, there you go. Gin and juice. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's What's your gin- juice of choice? Orange juice. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's what Snoop Dogg drinks. So that's what I... Uh, that is what Snoop Dogg drinks. <laughs> for, a while there, I, for a while there, I used to drink gin and Snapple. What the fuck? And it was quite good passion fruit, I think, or something. What uh, what kind of gin do you guys use when you're making your gin drinks? Oh. Bombay, probably. <laughs> I got your name. Oh, is, Hend- is Hendrix a gin? Bo- yeah, yeah. Hendrix is the black bottle. That's the expensive one. Yeah, no, probably not Hendrix. We we have Blue some bottle? of the Hendrix. Blue bottle, Blue yeah, bottle. Bombay. Blue bottles, Bombay. Yeah. yeah. Hendrix is black, but it's actually dark blue if you look at it. Beef eater is yeah, a gin enough. too, isn't it? Yeah. Beef eater is a gin, a London dry. The only gin I use is uh, the same one that Snoop Dogg uses, and that is Tangeray. Oh, my man, that's my favorite gin too. Best bang for your buck, right there. Yeah, up a few times on Tangeray. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about all like, like uh, anyway, honorable mention for me would have been Thug's Passion, which is uh, Alize, and uh, they use Cristal. I can't afford that, so I, I usually just use whatever sparkling. Uh, sparkling wine i have some usually baby duck all right so number one for me and this is the only drink i'll like i like these actually i will order this not just because of a rap song because they don't actually have a song it's a margarita but like you're straight up you're like not the slushy ones it's like the one that comes in like uh yeah i like margaritas on rocks better yeah yeah i really like the lime and the saltiness of uh the margarita that's they're fantastic brings back good memories of jordan's wedding as well yes you know, that was a, it's a good trip uh okay my number one is a drink i i'll order if i don't want to drink beer i'm ordering this no matter where i go it's a moscow mule what's yeah. that the moscow mule from what i understand is vodka ginger beer or a ginger soda and lime potentially a pretty and sound mint. pretty much and mint uh and normally and it's in like a hammered copper cup or copper cup or something but uh depending where you go they can perfect cold yeah they can they can range from excellent to just really good but i've never really had <laughs> it like a horrible one yeah i think you're pretty safe with that that's a that's a good drink yeah I I, I, it's a pretty ale? basic drink uh i'm sure you ginger. could well it's not that Ginger beer is just so much more potent, so it would take away from it, right? Mm. Like, you could use the ginger ale, but it's going to have a different profile, and that would be where Jordan would be like, man, this one was bad. Yeah, probably wouldn't be as the one I enjoyed as much as the... Like, the ones I... Like, the ones I, I haven't had them in, like, too many 
high-end places i guess but like earls and oj is like yeah, they're like still I, using Fitamins ginger beer. So yeah, so I I enjoy those ones. Um, I can't remember. I went to a, an Italian restaurant one time, and they they made it my favorite one. But I can't. Remember. I'm trying to think of what it was called. Anyway, a Milan meal. No, I we went there for my wife's birthday a couple of years ago, and I can't remember. Anyway, D, let's hit your number one. Your favorite cocktail. Number one favorite cocktail out there, probably the Negroni. Ooh, what is a Negroni? I always thought it was a beer. Negroni is another gin cocktail. Like I said, I'm a pretty big gin guy. Um, So you use, it's pretty much just three liquors all mixed together. So it's a gin, a sweet vermouth. So like a red vermouth rather than a white vermouth. Okay. And then something that's called Campari. And that's another Uh, dark red (laughs) herbal. Yeah. Is Campari a... Sorry, is it a liquor? Yes. Yeah, Campari and soda. You should know that. I don't know if I'd ever drink it just by itself in soda, but... I've had it just by itself in soda, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really tart and bitter. You yeah. need the other things to, to work with it, but it Me does Brian, add a great element to the drink. Me and Brian listened to a podcast, and that's one of the guy's favorite drinks. And I tried it, and I was like, this is not good. <laughs> so. Campari and soda, eh? Yeah. Uh, I'd rather just drink beer. That's that's. I just thought of another one. Honorable mention, Pim's Cup. I haven't had one of those in a minute. A Pim's Cup? What's in that yeah. one? So Pim's is like, they took gin, and then they just made it really herby. And okay. usually they mix in like a bunch of cucumbers and berries and stuff like that. And then just give it a splash of soda. Ooh. Lots of ice. It's quite Almost nice, like a gin sangria. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But Pim's has become it's a liquor of its own. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you can go to the liquor store and buy a bottle of Pim's. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. That sounds actually pretty good. Uh, now we have some ideas I'll, for the I'll next time. I'll make you one next bar. time you come out here, Jordan. Next time, or well, I guess I've been out there before. You guys just weren't there. <laughs> yes, Jordan next time. Uh, won't he won't show up if there's too much smoke. No, there's too much smoke. I'm not coming. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> but, Better be fucking guy. Well, who right. we get there eventually? All right, that was the top three. All right, good top three. That was uh, I was happy we did that actually. Now. All right, so uh, we'll end off on a, I guess, dad blog. <laughs> Jordan, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Mine's good. Uh, so mine are always short, but uh, uh, I think now this is our last episode before Christmas. Yes, we are two days away. Yeah, uh, and I said we've been doing Elf on the Shelf. That was a uh, mistake. It's been a little bit of a grind. My wife's been doing pretty much all the work. But uh, this last one is kind of like a little bit of an emotional one, like that we're writing this at letter from the elf saying, oh, like you've been such so good. It's been such a pleasure. All lies. I'll see you next December, baby. <laughs> uh, but she you end like, up with an elf in yourself instead, though? <laughs> no, I hope no elf is in me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's been fun, and the way like her reaction to it has been really good. Uh, she's given like every day she gives the the elf a picture to take back to Santa, 
So she's fully on board. We have her indoctrinated. Uh, and it's been a good time. So this is the year. She's three, a little over three, three and almost, yeah, three, three and a half that age. Yeah. Uh, so this will be the, what, I think, the funnest Christmas so far with with kids. So I'm super excited for it. Did you guys show her the movie when you were introducing her? We did, yeah. And uh, what's the name? Like, I don't know what the elf's name is in the movie. It's, uh, fuck, I can't remember. It's something. Oh, Chippy. Chippy. Chippy's, the elf's name is Chippy. Right. And like, I guess the kid's supposed to name your own elf when it, yeah. when you get it or when it comes. Uh, and right away, she's like, I want to name it Chippy. <laughs> We're like, no, you can't name it Chippy. It's, it's a, name was already taken. I name it something else. So she named it Mitzi. Almost as lame. It's all good. Yeah. Well, she's three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Yeah, mine is mine's kind of shitty. Uh, it's it's just this like Christmas is it's awesome. It's pretty fun. Like my daughter's super pumped about it. I thought my son would be fucking up the Christmas tree a little bit more, but instead he's just drawing on our walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just trying to keep up the facade right now has been tough. So we, we chose, we consciously chose not much not cheer to, in your buddy. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> we chose not to do elf on the shelf. Cause it's just like, it gets like, I don't know. It's a grind. It gets it's stressful. Work, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, let's just whatever. But uh, her daycare did it. And don't tell Monroe this, but uh, Elfie's supposed to bring a present every day. And Elfie was bringing stuff to uh, the babysitter, uh, bringing gifts to the kids at... Uh, oh, the elf's been bringing gifts already. <laughs> For real? Not every day, though. Can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. Well, our uh, daycare lady brings them every day. But oh, That's dedication. Yeah. So the first day, I was just like, oh, hey, Lydia, did you thank Kelly for the you know for the gift she's like kelly didn't give it to me the elf did it i'm just like oh yeah no no uh kelly the daycare lady's like yeah i didn't i didn't do it the elf did it and it was just like you know i paused for a second then it's like oh right elf you know what i mean but just like yeah. that effort to try to keep fucking santa claus in their did you eye, go like, in knowing that it was elf in the shelf yeah i knew that but i forgot that i i'm always like if, if she gets a gift i'm like go thank somebody for it right yeah Thanks, but, Santa. He's the one who gave it to her. Yeah, but no. So yeah, even but now where she get? Like... She's getting it from the workshop. Come on, Brian. <laughs> Stupids. <laughs> but yeah, just even that extra effort, right? It's just like, you know, my wife's like, yeah, okay, so this is what we're giving Lydia for Christmas. And this is what Santa's giving Lydia for Christmas. It's just like, <laughs> and then so much. Yeah, like she's been, and she's been like good this year. It's not even just because of Santa's, because I think I genuinely have a good kid, which yeah, I'm kind of surprised about. But anyway, she's been super well behaved every time she's been by the truck. Yeah, just generally like a like a good kid. My son, on the other hand, not as well behaved, but that's that's cool. But yeah, it's just like we have special Santa wrapping paper. We have like it's just like sales all worried like, oh, what are we gonna do with this? Right? She can't find she can't find this paper, otherwise she'll know. And it's just like fuck right we're giving ourselves chores to do to keep up this facade and it's just like it does come in handy when you have like santa to sort of use as your like discipline it's just like yo i don't know if santa's like you doing this right but come december 25th that shit's over (laughs) that shit's over man he's the easter bunny (laughs) easter yeah that's yeah the easter and like that's the thing she's just like yeah i don't want to meet santa right or 
she said, uh, hey, dad, what if Santa uh, wears his muddy boots in the house? And I said, Santa better take off his fucking boots before he comes into the house, right? I'm not cleaning up for that motherfucker. I didn't say I didn't use all those F-bombs, but it was like Santa will take off his shoes if he's going to be respectful. Do you guys have a Santa visiting? No, no, no. But we did go to uh, we did. We did visit Santa at Grizzly Winery. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, there's money to be made if you're a good Santa. Big it's money. a big money. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been fun. It's been really cool. But, like, my parents never did Santa with us. Like, they never even tried to entertain that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I hope, uh, hope our kids aren't disappointed for Christmas. Do you have a do you have a dad blog for yourself? Did you, you could be a blog? Pet, pet owner? Pet owner I mean, blog. Sure. I just a story that shows that you're responsible for something. Listening to you guys talk just made me think about I don't know my dad and grandpa. Yeah. So you you guys are talking about your struggles and whatnot and how much commitment you would put in. Uh, if we ever had Christmas, whenever we had Christmas out here, they have an actual like. Um, fireplace yeah so my grandpa would go put on his work boots and then step in a bunch of flour oh. and walk around the house <laughs> so you could see the soot coming from the the fireplace oh damn uh, it so yeah that that's commitment dude and then <laughs> yeah other than that my parents got rid of the the santa gift wrapping paper and uh just put out these bags. They decorated bags. She actually, my mom actually had us decorate them when we were kids. Yeah. So there was like a big bag with my name on it and all my decorations and Santa, please put your gift here kind of thing. My sister had one. We had one for the family and we had one for mom and dad. They went all out. Your parents are smart. Like that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Cause then they'd never have to worry about the wrapping paper. God damn. Yeah, because Santa did a shitty job wrapping gifts this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Santa has a bit of brain damage, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know what, Denny? Thank you. I actually might take that. I'm, Pull that <laughs> in. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you guys out. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, no, no. Because, yeah, Santa's gift, gift wrapping this year was not up to his normal, his <laughs> normal standard. Like, I just gave. Like I didn't give any shits. I was just like, they're gonna rip this open. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That was a good dad vlog, Dean. Yeah, Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Good life lesson learned for some struggling parents. Yeah, maybe you can help all you fathers out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's uh last segment, last official. Hey, don't touch that segment. The beer review. All right, Jordan. Do you want I you know I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I had the Steamworks Black Angel IPA. It's 7%. Poured real dark. I enjoy this beer. I- I'm not going to lie. Doing this podcast has been a blessing and a curse. The curse has been I've been drinking a lot more. <laughs> uh, and it's just like I realized that I <laughs> anything that floats around 5% or more is just like it'll knock me on my ass. So I thought I would be getting a better better tolerance definitely not getting a better tolerance so this one's good uh if you're gonna drink one beer in a night 
The Black Angel IPA is it. It's a nice mix between like a stout and an IPA. I, I actually really enjoy this. I would buy another four pack of this. Mm. Not anytime soon because I have way too much beer in my fridge. But when we drink all of that, I will buy this one. Uh, so on a scale of uh, Santa gift wrapping where, let's see, um, unwrapped is no care. Or sorry, the Santa facade, which is uh, my parents would be like a zero. <laughs> Denise family, I'm going to say like a five out of five. And I'm, I'll say I'm like a three. I would just say like, I'll say a Jordan. Elf on a shelf, pretty good. Definitely some effort, good effort, and not as bad as the way I'm doing it. So yeah, it's a good beer. Not all the way as good as Denise's uh, family's Santa facade, but not as bad as my parents. So that's a Jordan. <laughs> all right. Okay. What's going next? Uh, I'll go. Well, did he wrap up? Uh, I had the pink and lavender sour. It was from, what did I say? The last best brewing company. Uh, it was only 4.5%. So good. Uh, and as much as I love sours, this was okay. Wasn't the greatest. You love sours. I do. I've gotten. Yeah. It's funny. Like the more and more I drink of one thing, I just start to love. Like I one year I got a uh, a beer beer advent calendar, mm-hmm. and they it was their super bitter collection. <laughs> but by, <laughs> by the end of it, I didn't like it at first. But by the end of it, I was really into bitter beers. Yeah, fair so, enough. And then so yeah, I started drinking sours. Um, Especially as a one-off beer, like just drinking one beer, sours are good. If you have more than the one or two, or sorry, more than two or three, um, it gets a bit much. So when you got to transfer to something else. Uh, but I will say, uh, it wasn't the greatest what I've had. So I'm going to give it a 6.2. 6.2. scale out of five. Well, we all have our own scales. Gotcha. <laughs> Mine's uh, <laughs> one to ten. Um, like a good, if it was like a, like actually a great beer on my scale would be like high sevens. Yeah. Because you got to leave room for the, the truly you gotta, you outstanding leave, ones. Yeah, the truly elite. And this is a yeah. 6.3 where it's like, it's a, it's a decent beer. I'll drink it again. Uh, but just, uh, missed the mark a little bit for what I thought it would be. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's way more like scientific with this. I try to have a little more fun. Uh, Denis, what about how? What would you rate Caribou? The, the Caribou. So this Caribou, Caribou Genuine, uh, it's a five point five percent alcohol, Ooh. and uh, that's a, a that's punch. a short can. It's in the it's in the three fifty fives. Uh, I've mentioned it's it's wonderful to cook with. Um, it does bring out good multi flavors uh for for drinking it's a it's a great drunking beer so if you're having more than three or four i think this is your choice because you're not going to get confused in the palate uh that being said if you're looking for just one or two and a nice tasty treat probably wouldn't go that way so i'm going to give it a proper 5.5 out of 10 because of its utility okay that's awesome yeah, that's if, good, if I was going to make a beer rating. cocktail, I would probably use this. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. mixing something else into it, it would it would be a good 
face. If you're making uh, those beer Caesars, mm-hmm. be a great addition. Yeah. It it doesn't take it's over a, is what I'm thinking, eh? Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's perfectly middle of the road. It's balanced. But it's a gr- it's, it's a grinder. Like, it's a grinder. It's <laughs> it's it's still got enough flavor that that makes a little bit more of a point than your your classic American lagers. It's a glue guy. brings the team together if you know what i mean it's 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 the utility beverage of the world we all we all need uh, those yeah yeah i'm uh i will definitely get some caribous this summer all right well that does it for our show this week uh thank you all for listening thank you denis for doing the podcast uh sorry thanks for for having me yeah sorry for the few delays but anytime uh if you're listening to us on wherever you get your podcast go to itunes give us a a five-star review tell your friends we need more listeners (laughs) we've been saying this for the last year but uh hey it's been what 30 how many podcasts we have like almost 40 podcasts this is 40 this is our 40th episode holy shit wow it could be 41 you're someone's a bit behind on the editing of the basketball. Oh, right. I think I have one that was converting. So, okay, so this yeah. is 41. 41. So, shit. thank you guys for listening. Uh, yo, go go get this. We want to, hey man, this might not be the best podcast ever, but we're trying, man. We're, we're putting some effort. <laughs> well, into I don't this. know if we're trying, definitely we're definitely get A for effort. Yeah, A for effort. We definitely try to put one, if not two, out a month. So. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, have enjoy your Christmas, everybody. If this you're listening to this after oh, Christmas, yeah. hope Christmas. you had a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Boxing Day. Um, go eat at Bunny Hugs if you're in uh, in the Okanagan area. It's in West Kelowna. It's Grizzly Winery. They're reopening January seventh, correct? Right. January seventh. We'll welcome you with open hands. Ooh, there you yeah, go. So get some. So go get some. All right. Thanks, you guys. Have a good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Talk to you later. Goodbye.